and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? I'm frustrated, Justin. How about you? Uh, not so frustrated. Just came off a wonderful weekend. and uh, Well, were you over in Europe trying to expand our broadcasting horizons? <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, I was over there and uh, was not able to watch the race uh, live. Ended up... Uh, watching it on the plane flight back home on peacock it turned out to be worth the wait though right yeah let's uh let's start positive for a change curb um <laughs> great race i think you probably agree with that yes um the track was more racy i don't know if that was due to cloud cover or due to the new arrow pieces they put on the machines or the machines <laughs> uh, to the new arrow pieces they put on the cars uh, or due to the fact that they spent time to rubber in the second groove, uh, or due to the fact that the PJ1 is finally fading away. Um, hard to say, you know, what was the most responsible, but at the end of the day, um, a vastly superior racing product than we've seen in the last couple of years. And a few more people in the stands. I mean, certainly not a packed house, uh, but, you know, a noticeable number more. Kudos to IndyCar, uh, whether by hook or by crook. You put on a great show and uh, and well done. Well, I think all those factors probably contributed. I would assume that Firestone did their best to tweak the tires to fit the track as well. So uh, I'll throw them in there. You know, obviously the best race at Texas in a long time and really one of the better races in IndyCar in a long time. So very entertaining day and uh, glad to see that the weather held off and they were able to hold the race. Fascinating how the kind of race oscillated back and forth for a while there. It looked like nobody was ever going to touch Pato. You know, and in the end, uh, you know, some of the guys that we predicted would be up fighting for it were indeed doing that. I think, you know, we prognosticated pretty well as well. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll pat our, we'll pat ourselves on the back for that. Uh, take the win when we get it, right? Well, one of the places uh, that I'll have to shide you a little bit for, Curb, was your uh, your pick of Sato as you know a dark horse there, and I think I was somewhat dubious of your pick. I think uh, our old Taco uh, ended up being our old Taco again. Well, he he is feast or famine, and uh, hopefully, hopefully for him and for Chipper, um, it was famine at Texas, and he'll be feasted in here, right? Well, uh, he I'm sure he just took the car that he was going to be driving at Indy and gave it a pretty good smashing. <laughs> I think they said that on the broadcast, yeah. Uh, the other two who uh, gave their probably perspective Indy cars a pretty good thrashing, uh, Graham Rahal, who was kind of a victim of uh, Devlin DeFrancesco. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about our RLL for a second. I don't like to review races too much in, in these podcasts because I think, you know, it's all – you can get plenty of review from everybody else. But, Curb, I think one of the conclusions that you can – draw maybe early on after two races is that uh rll in general just seems to be lost again um unfortunately yes especially in qualifying um disappointing all the way around i mean i actually watched the qualifying show on saturday and and you know the foy cars went out first and and i thought boy that's going to be the end of the field and then rll RLL came out and and uh, put the foy car solidly ahead of them and uh, actually ended up being closer to mid-pack so when you look at for example uh Hunkos, Hollinger, and Canapino, and those guys. And Benjamin Peterson and and Ferrucci ran well on Sunday. You know, just hard to you guys shake your head at where uh, RLL, RLL is at the moment. And uh, hopefully they can get their mojo back 
it's got to be a very disappointing start after all the work they supposedly put in over the winter. Well, uh, Graham Ray Hell wasn't hiding his frustration very well. I also noticed, uh, I don't know if it's the stress of the job or what, but uh, Graham's uh, hair seems to be going the way of dad a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, yeah, he comes, I think he comes by it, honestly. Yeah, poor, poor Graham's hair seems to be uh, fading away quickly. Did you notice um, in the broadcast that uh, they were showing this, uh, they were showing like Dave Francesco talking to this guy in dreadlocks? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And pretty what intense. You, what do you think that was? Was that, was that a life coach, do you think? Do you think it's Devlin, you know, <laughs> he has a life coach? Uh, that's as that's as good a guess as any. It kind of looked like that, didn't it? He was kind of talking him off the ledge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the guy looked like a a guy that'd be part of uh, a posse or something, right? But it looked like actually a very serious conversation going well, on. Well, maybe, and, a, um, yeah, maybe a reggae or maybe a reggae band. I don't know, but well, I mean, he but, didn't yeah, look like a race car. Was, he didn't look like a race car driver or anything, and or you know what I mean. And um, no, but he seemed no, to be giving him a pretty no. uh, serious talking to, and Di Francesco seemed to be giving him his attention i just just watching that going what is that guy talking to him about and clearly you know like you said uh, devlin was engaged um curb um, my other observation of the race and i'll let you have at it is that uh, grosjean remains grosjean uh you know uh, he he had a pretty competitive race i thought i don't yeah i don't want to until he wrecked okay well <laughs> until, he, until he made an error and wrecked a lot of guys made errors and wrecks, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat him up too much. And I think he ran a hell of a race, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat him if up. It was, if it was Harvey, you wouldn't be giving him that kind of slack. Yeah, if it was one of my Coles drivers, I'd be giving him a beating. But uh, no, it's. Uh, I get, like, get, look, I like the way the guy races. I like the fact that he goes for it. His rap on him coming in was that that he wrecked cars a lot. That was his rap in F1, and I think he's just continuing that. How much experience does a guy have on ovals, especially high-speed ovals? Found himself in a bad spot coming off turn two there and lost his wing, tapped Malukas a little bit. I'm not sure what it was, a combination of both maybe, but yeah. um, just found himself in a tough spot and couldn't get out of it. Drivers with far more experience on ovals have, have done worse. I was I was rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. I was I was one to see. I would have loved to have seen him win it, actually. What do you make of the Rossi uh, Kirkwood thing? I mean, it seemed ridiculous to me that, that – Rossi would get uh, penalized. Of course, the guys on NBC apparently didn't know the rules and told us all the wrong <laughs> told us all Absolute the wrong lies. rules. You know, I, I hate to agree with them, but uh, I think it would be nice if that could just be a no call. I think because they emphasize safety in the pits, that uh, they they almost demand <laughs> a penalty a penalty when there's contact in the pit lane. Well, I observed almost immediately. After, you know, the guys in the box, you know, uh, namely Hinchcliffe and Townsend Bell were saying it was all. Um, um, and I was watching and everybody was going was going into their pit box from the third lane. Those guys were I, I immediately said those guys are way off. I mean, everybody's doing that. If it's the responsibility of the guy releasing the car to watch lanes, basically, they're probably they probably got the call right. I have a lot of sympathy for that, sympathy for that guy because, um, you know, Kirkwood was like three stalls up or so, three pits up or something like he was the next, you know, the pit next door or anything, a tall order to understand that that guy's going to be diving in here in a second. Agreed. Even though I think the guy who released him was, uh, not other than, uh, TGBB. Curb, um, any other observations about Texas you want to get out there? Great ride by Malukas. 
looking look, I mean, looking at guys that maybe you wouldn't expect, but uh, Malukas in fourth, Callum Eilat in ninth, Ilya with a top ten. Look at that. Canapino, um, very impressive that he's keeping it off the walls and, and finishing 12th in that race. It's unfortunate that the TV ratings come out today, and again, for the second race in a row, they're down. Right. Yeah, that was disappointing. Um, you, had no, you had no direct competition from either Formula One or NASCAR. You really were fit in between them, I think. Or, well, you fit in between a replay of Formula One and uh, the NASCAR race. Not off to a good start in their drive for a new TV contract. Um, no, they are not. For all the people that complained about the number of wrecks in the uh, the IndyCar race at St. Pete, I don't think the last couple of weeks of action in uh, NASCAR or Formula One have uh, have made IndyCar look like a bad product. <laughs> like they don't know what they're doing. Do you think? Look, and this is what's you know frustrating. I think to you and I is like it was a great, entertaining race. Uh, Texas was, and I watched a good portion of the end of the uh, Australian F1 race. Um, I was was in Europe I was watching it in German Um, and F1 is pretty boring to watch most times and man you watch it with German commentators I can't even tell you how boring that is Um, (laughs) they are not entertained it was terrible uh, to watch and boring and then you get to the end I don't know if you caught like the very end or how they had that managed but they, they basically red flagged the race and then I don't know what the gap was because I went down and had breakfast, but it was a long time. Um, right. And then they did a restart of the race, but the, to finish the last lap or whatever, but nobody could pass. It was a, basically a parade lap. So they made the fans and anybody watching on TV kind of sit there for an hour waiting for them to do the last parade lap to you know finish the race. A lot of people, even IndyCar fans, uh, claimed after you know they wanted to call St. Pete a shit show. They wanted to say St. Pete. Made IndyCar look bad, this, that, and the other thing. IndyCar, it was full of racing incidents. They weren't officiating screw-ups. They weren't officiating decisions that, you know, negatively impacted fans the way you're talking about. They weren't 45 minutes to run three, you know, uh, overtime sessions at a NASCAR race. There's only one thing in common between that Coda race, uh, you know, NASCAR Coda race and IndyCar, the Texas race. And that is Connor Daly's run around at the back. Again, it just goes back to great product, poorly promoted. You wonder if they'll be able to capitalize on this uh, race this year and use it to improve the attendance and the interest level next year. Well, we've talked about this. You know, we've talked about the fan abuse and event abuse that's occurred in the last few years. You're not going to get that back in one race or one year. I, I, give, I give them credit for, for taking the right steps. If they expect like, oh, we had a great race, so we're going to have a, you know, 50,000 people show up next year. It ain't going to happen because they, they, of all the bad things they did the previous three or four years. Put on another good show and you just slowly build it back up. Yeah. But you got to have the patience to stick it out, too. So Joseph Newgarden's your winner. And uh, I finally found uh, under the Wikipedia page for a list of American championship car winners. That's how you find the stats for IndyCar. But just, just so you know. Um, uh, so Joseph Newgarden wins the race on sa- Sunday. It did occur to me. I wonder how many race wins he has in his career now. Do you have any idea? 19. You're a little shy. With that win on Sunday at Texas, he has broken a tie for 17th place in series history with Gordon Johncock. Now tied with Roger Ward for 15th place on the all-time list at 26 victories. He's going to 
blow through quite a few of those guys before he's done. I think so. So uh, he's relatively young and uh, shooting up the the record books. So there's been a, a competing entry uh, to Andretti's entry um, into to trying to get into Formula One. Did you notice that? <clears throat> uh, I did, and I've already forgotten who it was, though. Craig Pollock. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With, with I love this, team equality. Half fifty uh, percent women on the team, right? Yeah, yeah, but they might not be able to get to that in the first few years, Curb. Oh, you don't think? Well, as far as the drivers go, he's already said that. Yeah, it, it's such a, a statement about the world we live in now that his hook is not having an engine manufacturer or you know a big name behind him. His hook is. He's going to employ 50% women, right? And that's how he's going to get into Formula One. With, of ironies of all ironies, Saudi backing. It's just uh, ludicrousness steeped in irony. Yet somehow it feels more likely to succeed than Michael Andre's efforts. <laughs> well, I hope not. It's, but it's just so... Have you, you've heard of this term, uh, sport washing, right, Curb? Yeah, that'd be the ultimate... Yeah, like, uh, uh, this, this looks. It's only, it, it's only been a few years since Saudi started letting women drive in Saudi Arabia. So right, yeah, and and just this whole concept of Craig Pollock for one, who's you know a pretty dubious character, um, right. who's just putting this you know su- super PC message out about his team as the hook, and then using Saudi money to do it. It's 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 laughable. Equally crazy in the world of F1 is uh, Felipe Massa trying to overturn the the 2008 F1 championship result uh, based on a few of uh, crazy uh, Bernie Ecclestone's comments. And he says it's not for the money, he just wants to set the record straight. We laugh, uh, but hell in Europe, they're prone to giving it to him. You never know. <laughs> It's funny, just Bernie Ecclestone can just pretty much say anything he wants these days. He's got just enough money and just enough craziness. He just he just lets it go now. He doesn't care. No, of course not. Of course not. On the positive side for IndyCar, uh, NTT Data, or I think it's positive anyways, uh, re-upped as a serious sponsor. That is a good thing, yeah. Uh, okay. they've had yeah I think quite, so. They've had quite a bit of turnover over the years, so that's good for them to get some stability. Yeah, I think any kind of continuity, even if they only got five bucks from them, is probably a good one. Right. Why don't we talk about the top and the bottom standings? So, uh, Sneaky Swede remains in second. Pato uh, in first at this point after two second places in a row. I got to tell you, um, McLaren seems to have their crap together this year. And... uh, as does Pato. I mean, I uh, he seems very strong this year. I think if I could re-predict my series champion, and I'm not just saying that because he's in first now, is like I'm going to put him right up there. Uh, certainly he's off to a strong start. Um, you know, I think the Rosenquist team entry is going to be star-crossed as usual, have a good car and and uh, hit or miss results. And then, uh, you know, Frosty can... Get out of his own way. Um, maybe he can 
he can uh, get up there and run with Rock Pato, but I think um, I still feel good about my pick of New Garden. I think he's gonna. I think he and uh, I predicted I predicted he and Palau, but uh, maybe he and Pato will be running neck and neck much of the summer. Yeah, and now on one street course and in one uh, oval, uh, the team has proven that they can put, set up a car. Yeah, uh, I mean, in both cases, he could have easily won both of those races very easily. Over the last couple of years, they've had many weekends where they're, you know, look almost unbeatable, and they've had the others where they're lost. And so, if they can smooth that out this year and um, eliminate the the lost weekends, then yeah, the sky's the limit. I think you got to give a shout-out again to David Malukas sitting there in sixth place. Uh, I, I, this is your new Zanardi Jr. I can tell right now. You're no, playing, you no, no, no I'm saying – No, Malukas oh, is sixth. He's, just, Callum, this is the, he's David Malukas. He's great. Callum Eilat in seventh. Callum Eilat in seventh. Yeah. I think you yeah. give a shout-out to those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but – Look, look, whatever. Look, 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 tell me. Whatever, whatever. I mean, you know. Stephen Malukas. Okay, but I mean, uh, Pato Award is strong, but, you know, one through five is uh, Award, Erickson, Dixon, Newgarden, Palau. I mean, throw those names in a hat and pull them out, and you can predict that they'd be in the top five. I'm saying a couple of surprises here in the top ten are Malukas and Ilot. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, and I, I predict that both Malukas and Ilot – after six races, we'll be far out of the top ten. Okay, we'll How's check that? back in on that. Okay. Um, the guy I want to give a shout-out to is Canapino at 12. I think that's just going to be funny. But I might have done that if you hadn't started yelling at me. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm tired of the David Malukas parade. You know, okay. David All Malukas, right. David Malukas, can't take it. Don't want to hear about him anymore. He's fine, seems like a nice kid. But, you know, he ain't going to be challenging for the championship this year. All right. Um, let's talk about the bottom. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the bottom. The the, the guys that – what with three – we determined three people have to stay out of the leader circle, right? Yeah. So right now those three people are – at the very bottom in 28th is Devlin Francesco. Mm-hmm. Right, who was getting some life coaching? Um, right. your buddy Santino Ferrucci. Right. Surprisingly, uh, the other guy here is Rosenquist right now. And those blazing fast McLaren right. cars. Yeah. Yeah, but he's had some unfortunate luck. I think. Um, that's you know, it's probably, you know, that that's his. Day will come, I think. I think we can safely say. All right, I feel that. You know, he's gonna be, he's gonna be uh, going out of there. But then the next next two get kind of interesting. Uh, Simone Pagino. I don't know what happened to him on Sunday. He was seemed like he was fairly racy at one point. Well, Meyer Shank's been pretty quiet overall this year. Something that bring warmth to your heart is Jack Harvey just ahead of him. Stingray Rob, you, which I think we both predicted would be towards the bottom. Um, sure, but sure. he's but he's right now hanging in there. Um, Kyle Kirkwood, who I thought we both thought would do better, and then uh, Benjamin Peterson, who you'd have to say is a guy you'd expect to definitely be in that bottom three. 
um, is still kind of hanging hanging on there a little bit. I guess he had a decent result in Texas. And that Connor Daly, even though he did, never seems to be competitive at anything, and right at the back of the pack is is solidly in at 18th at this point. Well, as long as you can keep it on the track, uh, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna move up a few spots during the race, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta think at this point, like some of the game is just stay on the damn track. You'd say, you have to say, De Francesco is a candidate to stay down there. I guess Ferrucci is. You would assume Rosenquist will rise out of the muck. I would have said I assume Pagano would rise out of the muck, but right now I can't say that too uh, convincingly. From Connor Daly in 18th on back, it's kind of a big scrum, right? Yeah. And Colton Herta is not doing much for a super license points right now at 11th. No. Um, you know, again, this I, I listened to a discussion of the whole uh, – uh, Brian Herta, Scott Harner race strategy switch, and so uh, you know Brian Herta went to Kirkwood's car, and yep. uh, Scott Harner went to Colton's car, and Colton didn't sound too uh, happy about it when they interviewed him over the weekend, and uh, no reason has been given. And the conversation I heard was that you know maybe they think they have some reason to think they're going to Formula One, and they got to worry about getting Kirkwood coached up and, and, uh, in a hurry. And, um, I thought that was kind of ironic given the fact that, as you said, he's not off to a promising start and accumulating 40 points for a super license. Yeah. I don't, I'm always curious about the, the path that Colton Hurt is going to take to get that super license after they've already, they've already denied him, uh, you know, when he asked for a special dispensation or whatever, how are you going to take a guy that's placed, you know, 10th, or worse for two years in a row in the IndyCar season, say this is the best IndyCar's got, and we're bringing him to Formula One. Well, yeah, no, that's true too. Let's take Joseph over there, take Palau over there, or something like that. Well, I'm I sure know. Pat, take take, take David Malukas over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Malukas, he'd be great. Right. Um. Okay. All right, Curb. Yeah. Next week. Um. Programming note. Uh, a short one on uh, Long Beach. Um, our picks for your betting purposes and uh, our general feel about the, the race uh, and what's going to happen. Uh, that'll be the focus. We won't be talking about uh, all the other wonderful subjects that we like to cover. <laughs> yeah, so what's the, uh, the Twitter handle? At Hero. At H I R O IndyCar at Hero IndyCar. And uh, next time you're in Boston, stop at a fancy McDonald's somewhere and get a sandwich. Uh, South Street Diner, Boston, oh. Massachusetts. Mention this podcast, and the owner Saul will give you a generous discount. Glad to have Saul back on the team. All right, Curb. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Bye.